So in, in other words, it's only it's only about 15 to 20 percent of firms which are going to go onto the SQE this year. So the vast majority of law firms are saying, no, do the LPC this year. It's next year and the year after that we're going to transition to the SQE. As I say, it's a phased introduction um, of, of, of the change. Hello everyone and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sixth form, university, thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. This episode is sponsored by the University of Law. The University of Law offers a range of undergraduate and postgraduate courses and master's degrees alongside an award-winning pro bono clinic so you can build up your legal experience while studying. And their experienced career service will enable you to put your best foot forward when launching your legal career. The courses are employment focused and based on real legal practice so you'll be better prepared for the workplace. Part-time and online study Options are available so you can work and study at the same time. Click the link in the description box of the podcast to find out more about the courses on offer. Welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast Series. My name's Camilla and I'm a future trainee solicitor and current LPC student at the University of Law. And in today's episode, we are delighted to be joined by Professor Peter Crisp, who is Deputy Vice-Chancellor at the University of Law. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the legal practice course, otherwise known as the LPC, finding out what it is, how the course is structured, and what the benefits are of doing the course this year, amongst many other questions. So make sure you stick around to hear all of that. So without further ado, let's welcome Peter onto the show. Welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast, Peter. It's so great to have you here with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really pleased to be able to speak with you. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. So I wondered if you could begin the episode by explaining what the LPC is for our listeners who maybe aren't quite sure what it is. Yeah, certainly. Uh, So I thought it might just be useful if I just um, recapped on the current route to qualification uh, as a solicitor. So the Solicitors Regulation Authority, the SRA, so the Solicitors Regulation Authority, which is the professional body that regulates all solicitors uh, in England and Wales, has set down uh, a route, a pathway to qualification as a solicitor, which is the current route. Um, As I'm sure um, listeners will be aware, it's about to change, but obviously today we're focusing on the legal practice course, so that's what I'm going to talk about. So in order to qualify um, uh, as a solicitor under the current route, you have to either have done the LRB, which is the three-year you know, undergraduate uh, law degree, or you're a non-law graduate, so you graduated in history or maths or another subject, and you've done a conversion course, typically the Graduate Diploma in Law, or as you know, um, come in here at the University of Law, we offer it as a master's degree as well. So you've done a, a law conversion course. So in other words, whether you're an LLB student or a non-law graduate, um, you've reached the same point, either through your LLB or through your um, conversion and programme. At that point, the pathways meet and everybody does the legal practice course, the LPC. And that's the compulsory stage uh, of uh, education, of training, 
in order to qualify as a solicitor. It's the vocational stage, as we often uh, refer to it as. Um, the legal practice course is um, regulated by the SRA. So the content is, to some extent, set down by the SRA. So they've said this is the syllabus and this is the structure of the course. And I'll go over that uh, in, in a moment or two. Um, the University of Law is validated by the um, Solicitor's Regulation um, Authority to deliver the course, and we also assess it. So if you come to us to do the legal practice course, um, we, we also set the exams, we mark the exams, and we give you your results. Um, so it's the legal practice course, the compulsory stage of vocational training. After you've completed the LPC, you then go on to do uh, your two-year training contract in your law, law firm or possibly in-house, depending on where, where you're doing it. Uh, and at the end of the two-year training contract, you're then fully qualified as a solicitor, you're no longer a trainee solicitor, um, and you uh, are then admitted uh, onto the role of solicitors and you can practice. Um, so that's the route. LLB or non-law degree plus the GDL, followed by the legal practice course, compulsory vocational programme, followed by the two-year um, training contract. Um, so that's the sort of the sort of helicopter view, as it were, of, of the LPC. Thank you for explaining that, Peter. And I've had conversations with people who've been interested in doing the LPC and have asked me what my experience is. And a common question that comes up is how the course is actually structured and what the teaching method and teaching style is like. So I wondered if you could go into that for us. Yes, of course. I mean, as, as I said, uh, the, the structure is been established by the um, SRA. So every LPC, not just the one at the university hall, but every LPC um, will have uh, three compulsory subjects that you must study. You'll have a choice of three up to three electives. And then there are the skills, five skills that you must also study, plus a few other bits and pieces as well. So the three compulsories, um, every LPC, you must study uh, business law and practice. So that's essentially, you know, companies, how businesses, you know, uh, uh, are set up, um, partnerships and so on. So it's the basics of, of, of business and company law. That's a compulsory element. You must study uh, dispute resolution or also sometimes known as litigation and some courses call it litigation. So that's, that's how do you solve disputes? And obviously uh, a large element of that is civil litigation, but you also study criminal litigation as part of that as well. And then the third compulsory subject is property law and practice. So very simply buying and selling houses, flats, you know, commercial property and so on. So both um, domestic and uh, sort of residential conveyancing and also business conveyancing, commercial property as well. So an understanding of those. And those are the three uh, compulsory areas. And I think it's instructive that it's, it's business law and practice. It's uh, property law and practice. In other words, this is moving on from, say, your study of land law, where you, look, you looked at the structure of land law and how leases work and restrictive covenants and so on, to actually what happens in practice. How do you actually buy and sell property? You know, what forms need to be completed? What are the formalities for doing this? How do you actually technically do it? So at the end of um, the compulsory stage, uh, you're actually able to, 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 do, to, you know, to, to do conveyancing, for example. So that's the compulsory stage. Um, you then have a choice uh, of uh, options, uh, and they're called electives on the legal practice course, on the LPC, and you choose three uh, elective um, subjects. Uh, we have a very wide range, I think it's nearly 16 elective subjects, 16 elective subjects that we offer. Uh, so, for example, if you were going into um, a high street practice, you might want to consider doing immigration law or family law. You might choose employment law as one of your three. Um, we have quite a lot of students who are studying with us who are going into city and commercial practice. And there, for example, they might well do private acquisitions, which is about buying and selling companies. 
It might be doing debt finances, which is about banking, or it might be equity finance, which is about floating you know, companies on the London Stock Exchange, for example. So um, there's a wide choice that you can choose from. Um, intellectual property is another popular subject. Uh, personal injury and clinical negligence is another area. Um, again, if students go onto our website, they can see the full list of, of options that we offer. So you choose three electives. I say you choose three. If you've already got a training contract before you join the University of Law for the LPC, that choice may well have been made for you because some law firms say, actually, we, we want you to do these three electives. Or they may say, here's a list of eight electives, you choose three. So they may give you a restricted list. And obviously, um, if you're going into you know, a city firm, it wouldn't make much sense to be studying immigration because they don't do that or private client because again you know large commercial firms often have no private client department um so obviously you need to choose electives that reflect the practice area that you want to go to go into or planning to go into uh, on top of that then the, the the skills that you require to be a solicitor so for example uh, legal research um drafting legal writing advocacy and interviewing and advising and they're also compulsory skills as well uh, and they're sort of interwoven into um, the, uh, the, the subjects that you study, because I think uh, part the second part of the question is, you know, what is the teaching method style like? You know, how, how do we deliver the programme? Well, the, 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 there are almost no lectures. Basically, lectures are a thing of the past. <laughs> the focus of the learning for every individual student is in the small group session. So in the workshop. So it's a workshop style approach. Um, you'll be in a large classroom with a maximum of 24 students uh, in the class, often fewer. Uh, and you will be in three groups within the classroom. So a maximum of six per group. So you'll be on three tables, large tables, with six students as a maximum in, in, in that group. And it's a very interactive, uh, skills-based um, approach to learning. Um, for those technically minded in terms of educational sort of poly approach, we have a, something called prepare, engage, consolidate. And that is our, uh, our sort of mantra to students is that before the workshop, there'll be preparation that you have to do that will typically involve uh, reading. It could be case law. It could be statutes. It could be regulation. It could be part of a manual. Um, uh, and but also as part of it, it won't just be reading, it will also be engaging with that material in a really interactive way. So you'll be posed questions and you'll be asked to have done tasks before you get to the class. So there's a preparation stage. The next stage of that, of course, is what happens in the classroom. Uh, and uh, you will have an expert tutor. All of our tutors at the University of Law who teach on the legal practice course are qualified solicitors or in some cases qualified um, barristers. So you'll be taught by a, 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 a former practitioner uh, and they will engage with you with that materials. So obviously you bring the work that you've done, but also within the class, other tasks will be set. So they're very interactive and um, often quite physical because we have whiteboards, we have smart boards in the classrooms, uh, and you'll be working in small subgroups, of, say, of up to six students. You'll be presenting back to the class. Um, you'll be doing drafting in the class. You might even be doing some legal research online. You might be looking at the company's house website, all sorts of activities taking place. So they're very interactive, very, very engaging um, um, sessions. Obviously, the learning doesn't stop once you've um, had the, 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 the two-hour workshop. Um, the learning then continues uh, afterwards because then the consolidation tasks. And that's making sure um, that you are comfortable with the learning that is taking place and checking uh, your own knowledge and your own learning and your own understanding. Um, one point I think uh, is really important is the approach to skills because a skill is not acquired by understanding what somebody what is, what is involved 
when somebody else does it, you have to have developed the processes and the ability to do it for yourself. So skills practice, particularly around legal research, drafting and writing is, is absolutely crucial. Um, so um, a very dynamic way, I think, of, of learning on um, the legal practice course. Thank you so much for that really in-depth explanation. I've been asked a few times um, by, by various people how the teaching and the course is structured. So that's definitely going to help a few people, I think. Um, and I also just wanted to add from my own experience that the electives, um, the, the service that you offer in terms of helping you choose electives, I think we had some drop-in sessions at the beginning um, of... Well, I'm doing it part time, so probably probably, probably if you're full time, it's probably the November the November, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, is that we have mini sessions, so we're like taster sessions of the yes. electives. Yeah, they were yeah. really helpful in helping me choose, and I really enjoy my electives. So, yeah, just just a little um, anecdote there. I mean, that's an important point, actually, isn't it, Camilla? That obviously, you know, you can choose how you study as well. You're, you're a part time um, yeah. student. Um, uh, we offer it full time. And obviously, part time, we offer it part time during the day, part time evening, part time weekend. Uh, and in fact, um, uh, we have you know, many locations around the country, we've got 15 campuses around the United Kingdom. But in fact, our biggest campus is our 16th campus, which is our online campus, because we have a lot of students who study the LPC with us online, which is also a very popular option. So I think, you know, flexible study is a really important thing for students today. I completely agree. I completely agree. So we know that there's several different options out there now in terms of um, studying pre-training contracts. And I just wondered what the benefits of taking the LPC this September would be for students. Yeah, well, as I said in my introduction, of course, um, many listeners will be um, aware that the route to to qualification is changing with the introduction of the SQE. I'm afraid we live in a world of acronyms and initialisms, don't we? So um, the SRA is SQE. So SQE is the Solicitor's Qualifying Exam. And this is being phased in at the moment to replace the legal practice course. So over the course of the next three or four years, um, the legal practice course will start to diminish and the SQE will um, um, take over. Um, uh, Our intelligence is, is that this September is the best year probably to take to take the LPC. I mean, you'll take it next year as well, um, and that's an an option as well. But it's really from next year that the SQE will start to take over in a big way. Um, How do I know this? Well, we did a survey in conjunction with Legal Legal Cheek, which is the um, um, well-known website, uh, did a survey uh, in conjunction with us asking law firms about their transition to the SQE and whether they would recommend students to do the LPC this year this September 2022, or whether whether students should do the SQE. Uh, And the data that we got back was very interesting. I'll just, if I may just share it with you and listeners. Um, uh, 36% of firms said that they would transfer to the LPC next year. 42% of firms said they would transition to the the SQE in 2024. So 36% saying they're going in 2023. 42% uh, say they're going in, in, in 2024. Um, so in, in other words, it's only, it's only about 15 to 20% of firms which are going to go on to the SQE this year. So the vast majority of law firms are saying, no, do the LPC this year. It's next year and the year after that we're going to transition to the SQE. As I say, it, it's a phased introduction um, of, of, of the change. Um, so I think that's a very clear steer 
um, that you know, students um, can feel confident that they can do the LPC this year and that there are training contracts and jobs available um, and, and for them. So, uh, I, I mean, you know, obviously, SQE remains an option. So that is a possibility for students to consider. My own personal view um, is that we've only had one iteration of SQE 1 so far. It's only happened once. Um, SQE 2, the students sat last month. The results of that don't come out, I think, until August. I think it's mid-August. I, think we've, I don't think the SRA have actually published the date of the results, but it's mid-August. The results will come out. Um, uh, I think it's an enormous change for students. Um, my advice is stick with the tried and, tried and tested LPC route. We know it works. We get phenomenally high pass rates, um, tremendous employability statistics from that programme. Uh, and law firms are saying they're sticking with the LPC for this year. So that would be my advice. I mean, obviously, students need to make their own independent decisions. Uh, and as I say, a small number of law firms are considering transitioning to SQE this year. But the majority of law firms are saying, no, stick with the LPC for this year. And, you know, it is a tried and tested um, programme. Um, the feedback that we get from our students, from future trainees uh, and from law firms is that it does prepare you extremely well um, for the rigours of the training contract. Um, particularly of the elective content, which is missing from the SQE. Um, so and I'm not sure what electives you're going to be studying, um, Camilla, or are studying, but, you, you know, um, the SQE does not, uh, on its own, include any elective content. And law firms really value the fact that you come to um, the training contract having studied employment law, having studied family law or immigration or whatever is relevant to that particular um, firm's practice. So that's really, I think, why I would say, you know, um, seriously consider doing the LPC um, this year. Um, you could delay it to doing, doing it next year. But as I said, from the data, um, about just over a third of firms will transition to the SQE next year, with the remaining ones probably going in 24 and then the stragglers over in 2025. Um, so I think this is a really good, really good year this September to be doing um, the legal practice course, in my opinion. That's really interesting. I re I didn't actually know that the SQE didn't have um, electives. That's yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, well, just very, very briefly, because obviously we're talking mainly about the LPC. Yeah. Um, the SRA have introduced SQE 1, which is hundreds of multiple choice questions, which is essentially testing you on the core practice areas that I outlined earlier, plus the knowledge from the LLB or the GDL from the core subjects Fine. from there. But yeah. it doesn't include any elective content. So, for example, there's no immigration law, there's no personal injury, you know, there's no family law tested as part of SQE1. And SQE2 is pure skills, yeah? And it's very intensive on the skills, on advocacy, on you know, legal research, legal writing, drafting, and so on, as we talked about earlier. Um, now, the University of Law has devised um, a master's degree, an LLM in in, in legal practices incorporates the SQ1 and SQ2, but also gives all students an option of um, doing elective content. So we've, put, we've, we've included our electives, elective material as part of that LLM SQ1 programme. But of course, you don't have to do the master's degree. You could just choose to do the SQ1 prep course and just hit SQ1. Mm -hmm. And if you've done that, you haven't studied any elective content which right. for a lot of law firms is really, really crucial. I mean, if you're going into a firm in, in, which specialises in employment law and family law, and you turn up knowing nothing about that, never having studied it at all, that's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a challenge for the firm and for you as an individual hitting the ground running as a trainee in that law firm. So that's why I say my advice is, you know, 
do the tried and tested LPC this year if that is an option for you? Yeah, I think a lot of the people that I've spoken to have been quite keen to carry on and do the LPC because it is tried and tested, but they were just worried about whether firms would be moving over to the um, the SQE. But the statistics that you've just provided are really helpful and I'm sure they will reassure a lot of people. So yeah, thank you for that. Um, so I suppose we're kind of touching on, on what we've spoken about already, but, but my next question is, you know, if someone's questioning whether they should do the LPC or the SQE this year and cannot decide, what factors do you think they should consider to help them decide? Um, my, my view is, is first of all, um, cost and location. Yes. Uh, where are you going to do this? Um, because if you come to the University of Law, as I said earlier, we've got 15 campuses uh, around the UK. And if you happen to be in Hong Kong, you can also do the LPC with us in Hong Kong. But I suspect that that will be a, a tiny minority of students listening um, to this. Uh, and we also have our online campus as well, which means you can actually study um, the LPC with us, you know, virtually any time, any place, anywhere. And I think that's a really important point um, um, for, for students, um, because as I said, as part of my introduction to the LPC, we are validated by the SRA, not just to deliver the programme, but also to assess it. So, so we're the examiners. So the University of Law will examine you. We write the assessments, we mark the assessments, we process all the results and so on. Uh, and the fees for doing that, the cost of sitting the assessments are included as part of the course fee. So if you do the um, legal practice course, which is our Leeds campus or in our Nottingham campus, um, the cost of the, the, doing the assessments yeah, is part of the course fee. Yeah? Um, if you do the SQE, you have to pay for the, the, the preparation course, whether that's just for the SQE1 preparation course, or if you buy the whole master's degree, which includes SQE1, SQE2, and the additional content. But on top of that, you've got to pay Kaplan, who are the SQE provider appointed by the SRA, um, over £5,000 to sit the SQE. Yeah? And if you fail an element of the SQE, there's no you have to pay the fee again. So it's actually arguably a more expensive option, depending on how you do it. And I think that's, you know, it's one distinct advantage of doing uh, an LPC course is that um, the assessments are done by the University of Law. Um, we have locations all around the country. Um, really accessible. Uh, you can do it with us um, uh, online. Uh, and you know that the fee you pay includes all the assessments. There's no additional fee um, to pay. So I, I think, you know, being really brazen, cost is one is one obvious reason why you might want to do consider um, um, the LPC. Um, I also think then, you know, look at what the profession is doing. As I said earlier, that survey reveals that the profession by and large, is sticking with the LPC for this year and the traditional training contract. Because, of course, once SQE comes in, training contracts will disappear to be replaced by the new regime, which the SRA have introduced. And I'm sorry, it's another initialism coming up. QWE, qualifying work experience. QWE, qualifying work experience, which replaces the training contract. I mean, it's similar. It's still a, it's still a two-year period, but it's, it's, a, it's a different approach to the current training contract. Um, and so that's why my advice is, is stick with the LPC and the training contract for this year if you're able to do so. And what do you think the benefits of studying the LPC at the University of Law specifically would be? Yeah, I mean, um, this is my, obviously my opportunity to blow, you know, the University of Law um, trumpet, the U-Law trumpet. Uh, I, I mean, I, I suppose um, one simple answer is you'd be joining the largest community 
of LPC students uh, in the country, because uh, as I'm sure you're aware, Camilla, you know, the University of Law is the largest provider of legal education in the UK, and we have the largest number of LPC students studying uh, with us. So students do vote with their feet and come to us, you know, in, in very large numbers. But I mean, um, putting that aside, I, I think the things that I, I would draw attention to, first of all, is around employability. We have a fantastic employability service, which offers a full range of um, services from uh, advice from CV reviews and help with application forms to mock interviews and so on. Um, a huge amount of activity around the country with an employability service. And I think the uh, outcome from that is very clear in our data. Um, the latest data for which we have, is, which I think is 2021, 94% of our postgraduate students were employed within 15 months of graduating. Graduating. So within 15 months of leaving us, 94% of our postgraduate students were in highly skilled uh, uh, occupations. And I think that speaks volumes for what we do to get students uh, into work and into the career that they want. Um, I think the other thing I would um, point to is our work and our very close links with the legal profession. So we work with 90 of the top 100 uh, law firms. So we deliver training to 90 of the 100 top law firms. And with 60 of those, over 60 of those law firms, we have an exclusive arrangement for the LPC. Uh, and some very famous law firms, such as Clifford Chance, for example, send all their trainees exclusively to the University of Law for the legal practice course. So I think that's a huge endorsement uh, of our programme and our success with working uh, with um, the um, profession. Um, I think I would also point the fact that we are hugely confident about getting uh, our graduates and postgraduates into employment. We have an employment promise. Um, so if you haven't got a job within nine months of graduating from us, you get 100% of your fees back. And obviously terms and conditions apply to that. So you have to be actively looking for a job clearly. But if, if within nine months of graduating from the LPC, you have not got a, a job, we, you, we will refund 100% of your fees. So I think our employment promise is really important. And uh, students can look on the website for further details of that. And I think that's really demonstrates how confident we are in our ability to produce successful graduates who get the jobs and the careers um, um, that they want. I, I suppose, you know, uh, I mentioned it before, I think it's uh, another reason to consider the University of Law is our campus network. As I say, we have 15 campuses around the, co the country. You can study with us in Exeter, you can study with us in Norwich. Um, we have two campuses in London where we do the legal practice course, Leeds, Birmingham, you know, Manchester, Liverpool, and so on, all, all around the country. So it's, it, it's a really easy way of studying in person if that's what, what you want. And all of our campuses have excellent transport links as well. So I think it's the convenience of studying at the University of Law. Uh, and then, of course, last, not, last but not least, our, we have the largest online campus for law in, in the country. So again, more students are studying online with us, uh, you know, the legal practice course online with us than anywhere else and any, anywhere else. So we are a hugely successful on, online campus. So if, if you don't want to study in person, you know, there is the online uh, option. Um, and in the end, I, I suppose we've always been the institution of choice for the profession. I mean, we have trained more practicing lawyers in the UK than any other institution. Uh, and certainly uh, in 2021, more law students chose the University of Law than any other UK university. So as I say, you know, the students do um, vote for us. Uh, I suppose the last point I, I would make is, you know, um, we really care about our students. Um, you know, um, we have, we do actually offer, I think, a very intimate personal experience to students. 
although it does sound like all, all these big numbers people you're talking about, you know, the largest provider of legal education and so on. Yes, but of course, um, our campus is a very personal experience. So if you're studying at our Bristol campus, you know, you know the campus dean, you know um, your personal tutors, you have a huge amount of support from our staff. And I think it's the fact that, you know, we have qualified practitioners, solicitors and barristers who will be teaching you um, the skills and, and the knowledge that you need in order to be a successful um, solicitor makes an enormous difference. Because in the end, you know, the student success is our success. And the fact that you get the career uh, and the job that you want is what makes us very, you know, very proud to do what we do. It's so funny that you said that, Peter, because I was going to add that you really care. And I didn't even know that you were going to say that. But when you said it, I was like, wow, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I, you know, even just this week, I've had emails from the University of Law saying that you're running puppy therapy sessions, academic burnout prevention. And I also got a phone call from, I think, the wellbeing team because um, we've got exams coming up and they just wanted to see if we needed any further support, which I thought was incredible. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to add that. And so um, what other services does the University of Law provide that complement the LPC experience? Well, I think, Camilla, you touched on one of the things that we take very seriously, and that's student well-being and the support that you need outside of the classroom in order to, to be um, successful. Um, I mean, obviously, the last two years have been enormously stressful um, for students because obviously the COVID pandemic has meant that a lot of students have been you know, were forced to study online. Um, and although we reopened our campuses as soon as you know, government regulations permitted us to, to do so, it, we obviously recognise that it you know, has been a very challenging time um, for students. But even now, we're back into sort of what I might call sort of normal um, times, student uh, well-being, mental health. Uh, and, and, and you know, practical support for students is absolutely the heart uh, of what we do. So um, whether that's counselling, um, whether that's, uh, you know, advice around your career through our employability service, whether that's engagement with um, our clubs and societies, we have a very active, um, you know, student union um, as well. There's lots of opportunities to get involved. Um, I think one thing I'm particularly proud of is our pro bono service. Um, listeners may not be aware of what pro bono is, but pro bono is the term um, that lawyers use to describe what um, you might call community service or um, um, supporting your local community. And this is in offering essentially uh, legal services to your local community for free. Now, that might be legal advice. So, for example, we do have legal advice clinics around the country where members of the public do receive free legal um, uh, advice from our students, obviously supervised by qualified um, solicitors. But there's a whole raft of um, pro bono activities that students can get in, involved with. And this is a fantastic way, um, firstly, of giving back to the communities in which we live and work, but secondly, obviously, for students getting real life experience um, of um, legal services. And I think that's you know a, a really valuable thing. I think another point I would make is you know, it's, it, I mentioned earlier about our fantastic you know, campus locations, uh, the fact that we have part time and very flexible approach, but we also have different start dates, which again is unique. So we have start dates for the LPC this July, you could do the LPC this September, or you could do the LPC in January 2023. And I think, again, it's that flexibility that putting students, you know, genuinely at the heart of everything we do, um, I think is what makes us, um, you know, um, different. I completely agree. So um, who can listeners contact if they have specific questions off the back of this episode about the course? 
Well, I'm always ha happy to um, uh, hear from students, but I think practically the easiest way is to speak to one of our um, programme consultants, uh, and I can give you the telephone number for that now, and I'll also give you the email address, but obviously it's also on our website. So if you wanted to speak to somebody, um, the number to call is 0800 289 0800-289-997, or otherwise just simply contact them by email. It's a really email address, address to remember. It's study, study, S-T-U-D-Y, study at law.ac.uk, study at law.ac.uk. And you can make an appointment and one and you get a call back and one of our student advisors will be absolutely delighted um, to speak with you and to answer questions um, further. Alternatively, you know, if you want to do a campus tour, um, that can be booked so you can have a look around, you can meet some of the staff. Um, you know, uh, we're always delighted to see student, prospective students who want to have a look around and see where they'll be studying. Great. And I'll leave the details in the description box of the podcast as well so that listeners can find that easily. So when we were planning this episode, we went out to our social media following and we asked if anyone had any specific questions for you in relation to the LPC. And we had a question come in from a listener um, about the benefits of doing a master's and the difference between an LLM and an MSc. So I wonder if you could provide some information about that. Yep, absolutely delighted um, to deal with that question. So uh, the SRA, the minimum requirement is you do a legal practice course. And at the end of that, you get a, um, a, a a certificate which means that you've completed the legal practice course in other words you've done what the sra say is you have to do we are conscious though that obviously we teach our um, lpc as a master at a master's level program so it's a level several program in terms of higher education speak in other words it's a master's level program in, in in terms of the certain the type of activities the analysis the synthesis that you have to to, to do the engagement with knowledge is at level seven it's a master's level program um and therefore we have also we also deliver the legal practice course as part of a master's degree and we offer two types of master's degree we offer an msc in law business and management and that includes the legal practice course so so two-thirds of that program of that degree is the legal practice course you do the legal practice course and then you should do some additional content that i'll come on to in a moment but we also offer it as an llm so it's an LLM, including the legal practice course with additional content. So if you choose to do the um, MSC, you do two additional modules. So you do the legal practice course, which I've described earlier, the three compulsory subjects, the electives and the skills and so on. You do the LPC. And then to get the MSC in law, business and management, you do two additional mod modules. You do a taught module in law and business. And that looks at uh, how the city works, the economy, the business environment, globalization. You look at management. You do some financial analysis, a look at corporate finance, business development and strategy. So you do the law and business module. And then separately, you do a case study project. And that's a self-study research module based on some of the themes that we will have explored in the taught law uh, and business module. So that's our MSc in law, business and management that incorporates the legal practice course and has two additional modules. We then have another um, option, which is um, uh, our LLM in professional um, legal practice. And rather than doing business study, you study more law. So you could do, for example, another elective, a fourth elective, um, as well as a, profes a, 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 profession a professional practice legal research project. And if you do, say, another additional elective, 
module plus the independent research project, you get an LPC, LLM in professional legal practice. And I think the attraction of doing those for many students is that if you're covering the business modules in particular, you are coming to the law firm for your training contract with additional knowledge and skills. Because um, certainly if you're going into commercial practice, most of the um, clients that the law firm will be advising are businesses. And an understanding of how businesses work and operate, how they grow and develop, how they raise money, how the city works and so on, is really helpful for that. The second reason, of course, is that any successful law firm is also a successful business. So, again, having some understanding of how businesses work is also, I think, crucial. Um, the attraction of the LLM is an ability to do a fourth elective, I think, to do to just another fourth specialist area, bearing in mind, of course, that in the traditional training contract, you will have four training seats to cover. And that's in another additional you know, knowledge area that you will bring to the training contract. Um, another reason to consider um, doing a, a master's degree as part of the LPC is, of course, you may be able to get a graduate um, loan for that as well. So you may be able to obtain funding to, in order to do that program, which, again, could be attractive um, to many students. That's really helpful. Thank you for explaining. Um, and yeah, I personally chose to do the extra module because I thought it'd be really helpful. I don't know what seats I'm going to do yet, but I thought the more areas of law that I know, the better, I hope. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of the question. So thank you so much, Peter, for coming on the podcast and for yeah, explaining all about the LPC and, and the benefits of taking it this September or July or, or any other month. That you or, Jan or January next year, indeed. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. So thank you so much for that. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. Um, like we said the details are in the description box of the podcast so if you do have any questions then please do um, contact the University of Law or send us at the student lawyer a message and we will um, try and facilitate an answer for you thank you and goodbye bye thank you To hear more of the Student Lawyers podcast, hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review. If you would like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com.